0: Welcome.
1: (laughs) (laughs) In a very surreal surrounding. Welcome. (laughs) Sat on the beachfront
0: in Brighton. (laughs) So we better start. Welcome to the second episode of Round the Campfire podcast, which. It's called Around the Open Fire. Right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to call it, I'd like to suggest (laughs) that we start calling it Let's Get Josh to Hawaii podcast (laughs) um so welcome to the second episode um let me uh introduce who's here so to my left is the wonderful voice of josh good evening the person sitting right opposite me is the lovely the very handsome and multi-talented isaac (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) isaac taylor everyone hello and uh george holiday have you heard that
1: that (laughs) i've heard that that quite a few
0: times (laughs) (laughs) so welcome george thanks for having me so let's just give it a little reminder of uh this crazy uh, experiment in podcasting so dave kicked off last week and uh the idea is that we would have a a guest each episode and then that guest becomes a host who finds a guest and then that guest takes the podcast in the little suitcase and finds somebody else and hence why we're trying to get josh to hawaii because we're kind of hoping that this suitcase will somehow end in a nice hot sunny country
2: please yeah please yeah, not on the cold, cold sea from <laughs> brighton <Britain.
0: laughs> yeah. but somehow we've ended up as George has said, in a cold seafront, Brighton,
1: in a very, very cold van. It is cold. Mm. Yeah, no heating at the minute. It's a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a downfall. <laughs> so, uh, George, let's kick off. Who, George, who are you? Who am I? Yeah, I often ask myself the same question. <laughs> uh, so, I'm a musician, I'm a songwriter. Um, we... I, I i live in a bus at the minute i say we because the reason isaac's with me is he's here most of the time doing writing and um i changed my life by moving out of my apartment in leeds lived in there for, lived there for seven years uh bought this old library bus converted it and now i live in it full time so i've had quite a life change in the last sort of year I moved in last last june and it's been a bit of a whirlwind uh, been around europe twice Doing two amazing different trips and different tours, and now I'm just focusing my time on keeping on the road, trying to trying to work out how the lifestyle can kind of benefit my life personally, but also creatively. And um, it's so far so, <laughs> so so good, you know. Um, like like you say, we're here in Brighton on this on the seafront at the minute, chosen location as we do a lot of writing down here. Yeah. And uh, on the whole, experiment's going well. And that's, well, I met all of you pretty much through yeah. this this journey over the last, was it two, two months, three months?
0: Yeah, so, um, so many layers with just what you said there.
1: Yeah, there actually is. <laughs> As I say it, where do we I mean, it every in? time anybody asks this question, I'm like, where do I start? And how can I make it make sense in the shortest amount of time so I don't bore people to death with what on earth's going on, which I'm sure we'll delve into details shortly. But yeah, that's that's basically who I am and what I do.
0: So how did we first meet
1: so november we went on a tour dave dave um dave and i connected i'm trying to think how dave and i did connect through, through a mutual friend
0: i'd like to call dave the woodland guru the
1: woodland guru yeah. so uh the woodland guru and i <laughs> met uh, through a mutual friend he um has Lived this alternative way of life, which is why this mutual friend thought we'd be great to connect. Um, Alyssa is give her a shout out for connecting us up. And um, so I came down to Brighton to, to just simply meet him. I was doing another tour promoting the bus at the time, Mm -hmm. met up with him. And then he was sort of in the stages of planning the tour, which was the swirl. And as the conversation went on, we decided that I was going to go along and do the music for the tour. Um, which was then gonna aid the film that he was gonna make, the V2 film, to go with it all. And from that, a few weeks passed, and he realized that he needed somebody to film it. Uh, I think the guy who filmed the last one wasn't available for this one. Um, And as part of this company initially, the bus is a company called Made On The Road, and we do video production as well. Um, Dave spotted that we did video production and realized that that could help with the film. So as conversations kind of went on and on, I was doing the film and the music for the tour, and then we met on that tour. Yeah. Did we meet before that no. tour? It was literally the first weekend of that, it right?
0: Was in that cold place. Yeah. In Scotland. In Scotland, mm.
1: which actually felt as cold as it does now, and <laughs> that does. was three months ago. It still felt just as cold. So yeah, that's, that's how we met initially, wasn't yeah. it?
0: And uh, I remember the, so my first impression of you was that you're wearing exactly that same... <laughs> the same kind of fluffy jumper. I'm <laughs> known <laughs> for jumper this jumper the now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know.
0: And I've never seen anyone work so busy. Yeah. You were just on it.
2: Yeah. It's... Writing
0: songs, recording. It was non-stop, editing. wasn't it? Yeah.
1: It was intense. I've always, I've always worked a lot. Like, I really love my work. I don't necessarily love to work, but as a result, um, of loving the work, I work a lot. So uh, it was good to have the team with me. Actually, that worked on the tour with me. The Jody, the tour manager, yeah. um Ruben, the other camera, camera two guy. He, yeah. he, It was great to have that team, but it was still really intense, wasn't it? It was a, a lot right. of a lot of stuff going on.
0: And that's where I met you as well. In summer, wasn't? That was the first time as yeah. well. Yeah. So how did you two meet?
1: Uh, I'll let you answer that,
3: mate. So we we met. Was it that about three years yeah. ago? Um,
1: probably a little bit longer, yeah on, yeah. on a gig, wasn't it?
3: That was it. Yeah, of course. We first connected in, was it, Keithley? Keithley, it, where? Yeah, my, where my, you're my, from? My hometown. Yeah. George was playing with a band then, and I was playing. Um, and yeah,
1: we just had, we we got chatting. You were supporting, and, weren't you? And then mm-hmm, and yeah. then you, I remember you being stood at the bar. Denim jacket. It's like a love story, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Denim jacket. Double <laughs> uh, denim you wear. I was not, I was double not wearing double denim. I'm sure you were wearing double denim. You, were, you were one of those man. guys. <laughs> <laughs> so what, we, were, we were chatted about, I can't remember what we talked about, but well, yeah, we just we, chatted and, and and kind of hit it off straight away, really. Yeah.
3: I think we had mutual friends and that's how we kind of, and then we started writing together. So that was when George was in his place in Leeds. We started writing together mainly just for, for me as, as an artist, but then it, it flourished Developed into writing a, writing, a writing team and we write for... For loads
0: of other people and ourselves yeah. still,
3: so yeah, that's the story of that. Yeah, it's flown by that. Yeah, it, has, that it crazy. has,
0: And I forgot to ask, what do you do, Isaac? Uh,
3: so I'm a, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a singer. I'm a musician. I'm a songwriter. So I'm, I'm an artist myself. I release music. Um, but I'm a songwriter as well. So um, that's me: musician, singer, songwriter. And
0: it'd be great just to talk about it. so the typical week that you've spent here on the seafront of Brighton you two working together like that how yeah. does, how
1: does that look like um it's essentially like moving in moving into a flat with your mate really so we we you join in on your daily cooking yeah. and joining in on something on Netflix smashing a series out in the evenings but um at the same time the best bit about it, the way it works best for us is that we just try and go out and do stuff. Like last night we went and sat on the beach cause the sunset was incredible. Um, we took the guitar down with us and we ended up just writing a song like down on the beach. So it's not like go to your office kind of working relationship. It quite literally is no. live together. And then through that you find inspiration. So this evening, just before you arrived, we were talking, we, our heaters are down at the minute on the bus, which mm. is why it's so cold. It would normally be warmer than this. And, um, we were literally sat talking about it. And then you had the guitar in your hand and then you started singing something in a joking way about the bus breaking down. Being so cold. But <laughs> <being> <laughs> then so it actually cold. started to And easy. then we wrote a song, well started writing a song about struggling musicians <laughs> and, and how that works. So. It works really great, actually, yeah, the way we do it, because we get on so well and can just live together. Yeah. Whereas some songwriters or some people you write with, it's not that straightforward because it feels a bit more like you're there to do a job, you know, mm-hmm. like you're there to write a song. Yeah. So it, does, it doesn't feel as free, whereas with us, it really does feel free. There's no time limit on it. And that's the best thing about sort of living together whilst you're in that process.
3: I think it's a there's a lot of normality with it. Like you said, cooking. So it's this undertone of normality and then really abnormal things that we're doing at the same time. So we'll cook dinner and then but then we're on the beach writing songs and yeah. getting artists in and writing. So it's this really nice, like homely thing. But then we're just doing yeah, really yeah. cool different yeah. things and that's why the bus works and that's
1: why that, it's the beauty that of the bus team isn't isn't works as well. It really is. Like I, I don't play guitar, but I picked up the guitar and started writing a song the other day whilst you were cooking dinner you do take a good picture with the guitar this week isaac's been the the photographer it's been working well well. (laughs) (laughs) you were cooking dinner the other day and i picked up the guitar and i was just wandering around playing and we just wrote a song whilst he was cooking and it's like you get that freedom that you don't get in an office or a studio or whatever like it's a very different way of doing things isn't it so that's that's probably your average day would you agree yeah Agree. Yeah. the green that's an average day on the bus
0: the beauty of the bus the beauty of the bus so tell us about this bus <clears throat> try and describe what this
1: yeah so is. to any listener that was at school and had the library or just lived in a village or a town where there was a library bus that used to come around and we're talking what 90s was that 90s early noughties um library bus used to come around i was a kid in
0: the 80s and i remember you had library bus had as well so it goes bus. back to
1: 80s i wonder if yeah. i'm sure it went 70s or whatever so um used to be a library bus i it's a fun story, actually, with the bus, because a guy bought it before me from the council. It was on the Isle of Man, so it only did 80,000 miles <laughs> when I bought it, but that was just round in circles. So um, because the council owned it, it was serviced every 3,000 miles. It was basically, engine was just starting, you know. The guy who bought it from me, he, he started some very bad bodge jobs. Some of the walls were literally held up with, like, gaffer tape yeah. kind, of, kind of job. Um, and then he won the lottery. So he won a million pound on the lottery. And then it was obviously like, there's no point me building this bus anymore. I'll just buy a fully done, finished bus. So he, I know he's bought an RV himself now. I took it for a good amount of money. I paid 11,500 for this. right? And then spent nine months doing it up. Um, the build was only 3,500 pounds. So overall, it was about a 15,000 pound project. And I realized if I live in this for two and a half years, mm-hmm. it pays off what I would have spent on rent in my apartment in Leeds. But I have the asset of basically being a homeowner, I guess, at the same time. Um, so that's that's how that project kind of happened. But I actually really initially wanted to do it in a little van. So I'm a piano player. Mm-hmm. And um, friends like Isaac and that were jetting off to America and writing songs. And I couldn't just like put my piano on the on my <laughs> back and just get on a plane. So I was going to build a little studio in a van. Not going to live in it. It was just going to be a portable studio. Mm-hmm. And my mum found this. She saw an advert for it and was like, George, I know it's not exactly what you were looking for. It's a bit of a bigger project, but just thought I'd share it to you. So I went to look look at it and the the week later put a t- deposit down on it. And I was a bus owner. Then I had to take a HGV license. So I'm now a lorry driver. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, and, and, and it was kind of as simple as that. But um, an exciting whirlwind because, you know, amongst those decisions, I then decided to live in it as well. It was like it went from being a small business decision to being a life's complete lifestyle change
0: and just if anyone hasn't seen the bus or yeah. haven't seen any of your vlogs it's basically in three parts isn't it so you've got like a bed living section at the yeah have got back. double
1: bedroom at the back um the middle section then is kitchen on one side and then um toilet and bathroom shower on the other and then the front area is that sort of sofa we're sat currently on sort of three chairs around the front um, which is like the creative space, the meeting room, whatever you want to yeah, use it for. Cards studio, room, Recording uh, studio, TV, big TV on the wall for your fun social times, but it's great to work on yeah. as well. We've had a guy that uh, came in here with a drone, connected the drone screen up to the screen and he was flying it around <laughs> whilst watching it on the screen. So it's, really fun to be it's a fun creative space yeah. as well as being really practical to live in as well if anybody wants to look at it now whilst you're listening to this podcast it's at made on the road uk that's not a plug that's a genuine <laughs> if you want to if you want to see where we're sat right now it, it might help visually with what you're doing but um it make this podcast make a lot more sense yeah. <laughs> it's really hard to describe it actually it's a yeah it's gorgeous though isn't it's it it's a big space 10 meters long so it's uh you take up a few parking spaces And the the
0: times I've seen people walk into it, Mm -hmm. their initial reaction is kind of like like the TARDIS type thing. Oh, yeah. It's just like, wasn't expecting this. Well, there's
1: not many windows on the outside. You've got the windows Mm. at the front, and we've got a door that's a big window on the side, Um, one at the back, but one side of the bus doesn't even have windows. So a lot of people are expecting a lorry. It does look... It's 2001, but it looks like it was made in, like, 1980s. (laughs) So people are not expecting it to look as modern inside as it is. So it's always mixed... We sometimes get people in here though, that used to drive these as library buses or like NHS vehicles and they come in and they they go really deep. They're like, do you ever use gear one? Because I never <laughs> use gear. So like people know the bus, you know, and I think half of the reactions when it's driving past. because you the use window, gear one? I don't use gear one, but no. No, not as much as possible. Unless I'm going up a really steep hill at two miles an hour <laughs> holding the traffic up. But also when people are walking in front of the bus because the windows are so big, they can kind of see in. They're like, oh, that's that's a house like that's so you get some people that are like that reaction and you get the some people that are reacting because they just it's nostalgic they remember being a kid and this thing turning up outside their school
0: oh brilliant i am intrigued though mate so it sounds a fun story but yeah behind it Mm -hmm. is there anything lurking behind why you did this
1: yeah um I, th- I didn't realize this connection when I first started doing it, but I have a big um, connection with an upbringing that was heavily, not heavily based, but there was a connection to business and, and money to a certain extent. So my parents have their own business um, built from my, my dad's a, originally a carpenter. Um, So he was making tables, chairs, just sort of items that people could buy. They've built that up to a full kitchen company now. So people go in, Dad designed the the whole project, then they manufacture it in the workshop, which is on site at home. And then um, through his skills, then built this beautiful house. But it's quite a big house that they got for real low amount of Mm. money but as a kid I remember growing up and people knew us myself and my brother as sort of the rich kids of the the village so to speak and then I remember quite a few times where we had like parties and things like that and actually realized that people were here to have dinner at the big house so as a kid I was very aware of what what money or the perception of how old were you this time i mean we moved into the house when i was like two so this was all the way through my school but i think i I can't remember how old i was when the first people started coming over for dinner on like a friday evening and sleepovers and i think the parties was more when i was like 16 to 18 kind of age i think it's my 18th birthday we threw a party and dad did a head count of like 80 people that were there in the garden and half of them weren't invited. Half of them were just purely there because they heard this, there was a party on at the big house. So I think early on, um, I just had this real strong connection to what the value of money meant to society and to, to perception of like, like kids, what people saw other kids for. Yeah. Um, and don't get me like, I'm painting a picture as if I had a like, bad childhood of this i had amazing friends that didn't see that value and we had a great space to to be in and i had a real great upbringing my parents have always been down to it like i barely got pocket money and i was always had to pay for my own stuff i always had to save up so i it wasn't like they were just like throwing this stuff at me i was i was brought up in a way that i was like realistic with it all and um but i think what it what i carried forward with it was the value of um perception and belongings and uh, that does that make sense that kind of side of things um and i think this way of living for me was trying to detach myself from that to see if there was actually you know lifestyles that take away belongings and and the importance of having to earn loads of money and and the next big goal in your life was a promotion that kind of thing so but i didn't make those connections early on it was only when we were doing things like the swirl and i was talking to people and um that it kind of dawned on me you know that that's that was I actually it affected me a lot more than I thought it did. Mm. Um, but not in, not in a, not in necessarily like a negative way. It was just, I wanted to explore different ways of living so that I'd appreciate the things, just, yeah. just simple things like turning on your tap and having hot water. Like I've got to turn my heater on 10 <laughs> minutes before I have hot water. And, and we've got to make sure that the tank is full of water. Um, and we can only last two days on, you know, the little, yeah, the little yeah, things like yeah. even power. Like um, recently we had, power sit problems and realized that me and i can't record um so then we had a week of not being able to record so it went back to the roots of picking up a guitar <laughs> and just recording in that kind of way so there's been loads of lifestyle changes i think that this bus has sort of forced upon me um in a realization kind of way and has that changed your approach to how you're uh,
0: doing your creative work and projects um
1: yes uh i have always been a believer as a creative of utilizing the tools that you have and because i've never had like stacks of money to buy loads of equipment i've very much stuck to my small setup it then forces me to be more creative um so i guess in a sense of like so i'm just trying to think of an example so for a lot of the stuff i do with my production is i go out and forage sounds and record those sounds in the moment and then go back use those sounds and try and see how i don't know us banging a wall could then be a kick (laughs) drum or us like on the tour we were cutting up broccoli and that became a really great like click sound yeah um so I guess in that sense, like using less to, to create more and there's more story in that is, is definitely a way. I, that's a big one, actually, is, is storytelling. I realised through doing this how, much, how important the story is to everything you do, whether that's songwriting, whether that's video making, um, is so much, so much more important than just high-quality production and all those sort of things. There's a big thing in the music industry of studios have to be really dead and really silent, and it's all about capturing that perfect sound but I think in doing that you lose a lot of the characteristics of what you're actually there to do, which is to tell a story and be in, immersed in some kind of um environment that should tell the story more so. So this summer we were in Croatia and, and I had this girl Alyssa, who was the mutual friend of yeah, me and Dave. Yeah, yeah. She came out to join me because she wrote this song um about Byron Bay when she was out in Australia. And she couldn't get back into the same headspace to record it. And really capture how she felt when she was there the beauty of the bus is that you can take it to a beach somewhere we were in croatia at the time and for 50 pound i think she bought ticket flight return uh, tickets return to come to croatia and we recorded the song on the beach and in the song you can hear people in the background sort of in the in the sea and you can hear the seagulls and that to me tells so much more of a story in the creative process having those what do you involved? think
0: that does to for the listener as well do you think that, that takes them deeper into i think so experience
1: yeah i think it's a texture that's in there that's almost subliminal you you don't necessarily listen to the seagulls but they're there yeah um so i think i think it's just so helpful
0: because i guess we're fed into this kind of myth that when we engage your creativity it's kind of one dimensional kind yeah. of angle and yeah
1: yeah this takes all that away it really takes all of that away i don't know how you feel as a writer like i mean do you do you write in your office or do you write when you're out kind of yeah
0: all over the place mate yeah and and do you find that helps yeah and i noticed that my writing is different in different locations in in varied locations that's interesting yeah so i like sometimes the ambient noise yeah the random conversations that kind of happen around you which kind of unlocks you so there was uh i remember there's a particular scene in the in the the book that i just wrote and that whole thing came from just eavesdropping a conversation with two people having a breakup hmm.
1: and so yeah and that just evolved into the story which yeah wouldn't have happened. It, that wouldn't have happened if you weren't there or if no. it did and you had the idea of writing that story it would have been a completely different environment and probably not as powerful would you say
0: yeah and also because you it it led me into the thing of you you tap into the emotions that were present Mm. there and also the weirdness of the insensitivity of one of the people in the in the party doing it Mm. in such a public place and so then logs you into the thing of how ins- insensitive you can be as a person how selfish how self-centered and certainly it kind of just led down a little rabbit hole of of thought process
1: how do you think how do you feel it helps you in terms of um creative writing descriptively what i mean by that is if you're sat in the cafe where this couple are having the argument or or whatever situation they're in if you're hearing like the clanking of plates and and cutlery in the background like does do you find that that comes into it a lot more than if you were to write say at home so if you've written your notes in the cafe and you went back home would you maybe not have
0: yeah i think it's more a mind state that's why i've really appreciated about the the crazy couple of months just hanging around with you and your weird world of (laughs) walking around with a mic and a big hairy kind of like looks like a, a rabbit tail yeah or the yeah. squirrel tail we call yeah it. and just sticking it sticking this mic next to um books falling down and uh breaking broccoli and all that mm. kind of it's it's that mindset of appreciating the things you just walk by mm. or you just ignore mm um and so going back to that scene in the in the coffee shop it was it's very easy to be kind of tunnel vision and kind of create this sort of like little bubble around you but then as soon as you drop that you start to appreciate all the different noises all the different layers of conversation and and emotions taking place and you start to see the world in a start to see the world in a a little bit of a different place
1: assuming we're on to layers (laughs) there's another layer to that which is I really struggle when you were saying earlier about working like all the time. What's the downside of that as a creative is that you don't give yourself headspace to, um, you miss the bigger picture Mm. and very often it's staring you in the face. So like if I'm making a vlog or a video about what we've done that week or a build up to a tour or some information that I want to get out there, the stuff I miss is, If I was to pick up the phone and call Isaac and talk to him about something, that's the stuff that people are interested in because that's the everyday kind of conversation. That's the stuff that happens around you. But I think as a creative, it's quite common to look too deep into it and you're trying to Mm -hmm. find something that's not staring you in the face. So if we were sat on the beach last night writing a song about being in a nightclub and drinking drinks, you're missing the bigger picture (laughs) of where you are and the stuff that's around you that's just staring you in the face and actually people want to people want to join you on a journey and and if you're missing or you're if you're like creating those journeys through your imagination i think that's just then harder to deliver that people are going to connect with that in the same way um whereas when you sat on the beach drinking the beer if you sing about sitting on the beach and drinking a beer and and singing about the things that you're thinking about in that moment and the, the emotions you're feeling in that moment you're just going to have a better product at the end of it same with you, over listening these this this couple. If you're writing that down as you're going, and as you're experiencing it, you're going to get that down much better than if you reflect on that later when you're sat at
0: home. No, absolutely, man. And I think there's the there's a great book called The Alchemist, and the the, the story is of a of a traveller who's trying to find this kind of pot of gold, and he go without spoiling. He kind of goes on a journey. Mm. And in that journey, discovers where the, the true part of gold is. And the the kind of kicker is about that it's the journey that is the important thing. It's not that kind of end destination kind of vibe. And so to appreciate each step, to appreciate the moment where you sit down, you rest, you reflect, appreciate the hardships, the struggles, the joys, the tears. Yeah. And they're all contributing to what is going to emerge as the true treasure yeah
1: yeah well even on the reflecting on the tour that we've just done there were so many moments like parking the bus in like the city center of san sebastian which was unreal which was mad Mm. and we arrived in absolute pouring rain it was late so it was dark as well but being together as a group trying to find this car parking space for the bus and we found a location which it stayed for the whole week so it worked out great but actually it felt more satisfying finding that space and working together to try and find that spot um and when we found it it was so much more satisfying because
0: mm. i mean the the city just to give you an indication the city is basically underground car parking yeah and um Really small car park spaces on the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's so it. It was impossible to find. Was, yeah,
1: yeah, but it was the togetherness. It was the doing it as a group. It was the journey of doing that made the end result a lot more satisfying. I know that's and that's even in just an everyday mundane thing mm. like just parking. So, if you feel the power in something like just parking, I know it's a bus, so it's it's not just parking your car, but yeah, that that time to not enjoy the journey but i think it's important to recognize those moments of the journey as as so that of when you get to the end result
0: and that tour was there, wasn't it it was it was full of joys and tears yeah
1: absolutely <laughs> and they've just built so much more from those moments yeah and that it's really something that you take for granted in the smallest of ways um when things go wrong working through it is is sometimes the most rewarding, well, most of the time, I think the most rewarding thing with anything you do in life.
0: And what was uh, your experience on the tour, Isaac? Because you were there for I was Scotland. Only there for Scotland, yeah. Scotland,
3: Unfortunately, I couldn't go on the rest of it. Um, I, it's quite hard to put into words. I think it was, it was one of them I really didn't know what to expect. Expect going. Um, I was kind of just going along to to be a musician i was going to play on one of the evenings but um george was the lincoln was like helping provide musicians basically for the tour but also as that bleeds into it's just a lot of creative people kind of getting together i didn't really know what to expect but it it was like perfect timing for me just to like personally and just as a creative and, and as a musician it just came at such a sweet spot for me where i really needed to just get out a bit and just go somewhere i'd never been before
0: and why was that mate
3: just i was just getting a bit frustrated there was one thing or another with with music and you know and i'm i know it'll happen again in in music it's the the industry can be frustrating but i I was nice that i've learned that if those frustrations Mm. happen and it's one thing or another and
1: um we had that thing with your record label just before yeah we came out without name dropping anything but i think it's interesting for you to say
3: yeah, I was, and it wasn't, and it is, and it's not, i am it wasn't, I would never bash people like because it wasn't a, a bad thing that no. happened. It was just, a, it was just a, a point of the label I was with where it just wasn't working. But we both acknowledged that, that was fine. But the process of that was quite frustrating mm. at points. Um, And then creatively that impacted on me because I was then, self-doubts started creeping in and a bit of, is this good enough? And everything I was writing, I was questioning. So I was in a really rubbish spot before coming. Um, and it was just, the perfect time just to come away just get in touch with just the most amazing group of people just have a really good weekend and, and also be able to share songs and music and have such a great reaction from people
1: um it was just a great weekend did, did, <laughs> the, did the gin help in that healing process <laughs> it, it didn't harm it <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, in scotland we were we were at a gin distillery yeah. that was the venue yeah um, and it was it was an amazing spot super beautiful place but yeah, the gin was definitely helpful. Oh yeah,
0: it was a perfect venue as well. It was the um, it's kind of like a bar stroke lounge, somebody's lounge. Yeah, you know, Arger and um, we're all huddled around <laughs>
1: trying to keep warm. Yeah, Just piano a theme in the corner, of and, uh, proper bar, didn't yeah, there. they? They had a proper bar. bar with like all the bottles on oh, the shelves yeah. and um, the bar staff. Had, really? Bar, bar staff amazing, all weekend yeah. for whenever you wanted gin for breakfast. If you wanted it, she was there. <laughs> Espresso
3: martinis for breakfast. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that, that was, was great, my first
0: introduction to you, mate. And mm. it was that I read the um, if uh, if nobody's ever listened to your music, the the song that really hit me was just like took my breath away. Mm. Was uh, mercy. Oh, thank you. Oh, well, you just sort of when you hit that, and it's um, so. If nobody's heard that song yet, hmm. um, have that's a quick Spotify. listen Let's to it. Listen to it. <laughs> it's not, it's not yeah, Spotify. Yeah, on, Spotify, I yeah. All that. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was the rawness and honesty of your thank you, voice man. and performance was like breathtaking. Man. Thank you. And you were there as well, Josh, weren't you? I was there, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. that's all I have to say
3: about
2: it. <laughs> I went <ran> out. <laughs> Uh yeah. Yeah, it was partaking It was I mean it was a, yeah, Isaac's set was uh something else. It was Thank you. Th- I've in fact I have a video of of you singing and I I actually, I watched it yesterday.
3: Oh mate, that's j- wow. just
2: by coincidence. I was yeah. ju- I I just I can't even remember why. I j- I just like I was like ah oh. I've got that video. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, listen to it back. It was just amazing. Thank you. Um, but there's, there was something, and it kind of leads back to what we spoke about on the last podcast with friendship and the values of friendship. Yeah. Was we'd, we, we'd traveled together for a couple of days beforehand and we'd got comfortable with each other. And we're in this, yeah, like you say, this beautiful bar, this lovely intimate setting at the end of a long day together making gin and going on walks and things. And, when you started singing and it was it was personal it was raw and sounded lovely for me a lot of that was was the being Mm -hmm. right it was it was no one trying to achieve anything other than just to enjoy it and to sit there and Mm -hmm. be with each other Uh, and it was lovely
0: It's the reason why you're the producer of this podcast
1: Cause because I segued. <laughs> <laughs> Good for the segue. <laughs> Just to
0: um, remind of those kind of values we spoke about last week. Um, so we kind of came up with what are the kind of themes of what makes friendship. And it was appreciation of diversity, dependence, being is what you just talked about in the emergence. But being yeah, I yeah, th- one of the things that stood out, and I, I must admit when I, I was really nervous for the Scotland one, because I had no idea really who was going to be around. And you think being in a room full of creatives, one of the things that's going to be is just a ton of ego. Mm. And like try to outdo each other and blag it in different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is none of that and i think there's there's something valuable in that essence of being is you you become vulnerable and Mm. honest with one another in different ways um which kind of took us into a space where there is just richness with the content that we produced and the conversations that followed
1: yeah absolutely i've got no more to add to that like that's it's the perfect way yeah, to describe kind of exactly the, what happened.
3: Yeah. Like I've never felt um a a connection with a group of people as quick as that ever. Um just being able to, to get into a group of people and them all get together. And I think it's probably because of what you're saying, egos were stripped. If there were gonna be any egos there in the first place, they weren't there when we got there. Yeah. Um and it was just a bunch of even to the, the creative aspect out, just it was just a bunch of people, kind people. Who just were, let's just have fun and share. And I've never, I've certainly never experienced anything quite like that. And I, I t- I've taken that with me completely. I, I, I think I we all met up uh, last week so, and I described it as like I had this like afterglow
1: <laughs> of the swirl, and I've still got it. It's it, stuff like that sticks with you. Um, Do you think there's like an underlying thing that makes us all connect on that certain level? Like, are we all searching for something and that's why we connected? Or do you think everybody has this thing in them? Like, could you have thrown thirty randomly selected people, put them in the room, and that worked? Would have worked, or is there something deeper?
0: Wow, what a good question. <laughs> that's
3: that's just Big Brother, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't know. I feel like I feel like maybe because um, there were there were all sorts of people there in so many different parts Mm -hmm. of their life there were people that were there that actually i think arrived um thinking that everything was fine in their lives um i can't actually think of someone in in particular that was like that but i just feel that that was there yeah and on the alternative side there were people that were really struggling with with something in their lives or really felt like something was missing but i'm just wondering if maybe everybody felt like something was missing or there must have been a reason why we all turned up in the first place it can't all be down to the trust of dave (laughs) like there must have been something (laughs) that we were there to find that we just didn't know that we were there to find
0: so i think there's i have a random theory which is I, i wonder whether part of that was um the environment not in the sense of the location but just the way that whole thing was set up to the way it was it it was formed and how we all connected in different ways yeah and then we found ourselves into us we found ourselves in a safe space Mm. and so it 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 allowed us it invited us (laughs) as such to to um speak in a different way and i also wonder whether there is something about i think you're right we're all wired like that but we're so constrained to um, keep our masks on or to have some sort of illusion and live some sort of fake Mm. idea of who we are and there's such a a beautiful moment or a releasing moment when in a safe environment we can just drop that mask and just be who we are
2: Mm. Our true selves. I, I completely agree with what you're saying. I think I, uh, my theory is that it was that we we were all creatives. And I use that loosely, but really what I mean is we've taken a risk on our thing. Mm-hmm. Each of us has left a normal path in order to do whatever it is we do now. And almost everyone there had done the same. And I, and I think the the kinship that came from that, the moment you go... Oh, what do you do? Which is the question, you know, that happens all the time. And it's normally a judging question. It's to mm. find out, are you better than me? Are you important to me? You know, all those sort of things. And you realise, oh, we're all sort of in the same boat. We're all battered right? and scarred we're in different <laughs> ways. We are, we're all battered and scarred. And you, and you speak to someone who's never taken the risk or the leap or, or, you know, quit their job and done that thing. And and they expect you to prove to them, them it's going well. Mm. right that's i don't know about your your experience but that's my experience So i tell someone oh i'm self-employed i'm freelance i do this or whatever and the response is oh like how's that going yeah right like oh have you have you really messed it up yet (laughs) like yeah come on though you're (laughs) young you'll get a proper job soon you know and i think that for me that was like a really nice moment to realize ah, i like these guys know it can be rough yeah and Mm. also know it can be great and that and and there's just that flows
1: yeah it was like having the comfort mm. blanket of knowing that you had people there supporting you whether it was a yet yeah, like whether things were going well or things weren't going well it wasn't it wasn't whether things were going well or not well that was the focus of any of the questions that were being asked mm. yeah it was just how's it how's it going in the sense of like where are you at on your journey mm. I felt like that question was being asked quite a lot which was really nice
0: I felt like the benchmark of success was a little bit different as well yeah it wasn't a typical
1: absolutely this
0: is my definition of making it type thing. Yeah, I there guess in s- deeper than that in probably.
1: society, we only really have we only really talk about how much are you earning or like, have you been promoted? Are you a manager? That yeah. Like, those are the benchmarks, aren't they? Whereas when you're in the middle of Scotland in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> your benchmarks are, oh, you're alive, good. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> you're doing well in life. You've succeeded. Very different benchmarks.
3: It's interesting you say that because actually I've not even really thought about it until just then, but that,
1: the different benchmark of
3: success. That's maybe one, another reason why I connect with it so much. Is and you'll know this as a musician as well. Is when you're talking to other musicians, not 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 every musician, but it's how are you doing. It's how many streams have you got on this? Are you signed? Mm, have you got a manager? Yeah, how yeah. well are you doing? You know. And but in that environment, nobody gave a damn about yeah. that. They didn't care how many streams I've got on Spotify. Is is it, it, your stuff? Like, is your music? Yeah. Does it speak to? And that's what the benchmark was. And that was just totally refreshing to be in a group of people that care if I think, had a thousand or a million streams on Spotify, it didn't matter to them. No. Um, that was nice. That was just nice like to have
1: that. Well, it takes it back to the roots of the one-to-one yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you're the same, Isaac, is whenever I write a song, I want to connect on a one-to-one level. I want to sit and show you, Andy, the song and feel your connection to that song. And I think what's been lost is that actually the people that are making stacks or on the surface, what it looks like is the people making stacks of streams and stacks of cash off their songs are the people that are just writing to try and connect everyone in one loose kind of metaphor of a song. Um, And what The the Swirl did in every location was brought it right back down to that one to one connection with every single person Mm. that was there. And that's something you rarely get in society Mm. now. Um, I say society loosely as well. I'm thinking like towns and cities and the busy, the busy places on Earth. Yeah. So yeah, that's which is why I
0: love what you're planning to do now, mate. It's your your crazy idea for this year. Yeah, is bonkers, isn't it?
1: Yeah, but, absolutely but mental. But brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess um, to fill to fill the listeners in on on what's going on so from the first of march i'm setting off for six months to write an album and record it and then first of september it's got to be finished and complete and i can't sort of do any editing it's like we got to be ready to go first of september but the idea behind that is that i want to be going and meeting people that are at various levels of of um capabilities as a musician um so some people i I put i put the project out there and just let people get in touch about um whether they want to get involved how they want to get involved there's people on there that haven't sung for years but they just love it and they want to somehow get involved in that again and there's there's people that run choirs um that want to get involved and in some way shape or form i'll get them on the album and Isn't write with brilliant. them or record with that them. That is just awesome. Yeah, and then from that, I want to kind of give. Like, I'd love to just like work with a choir of kids and give the kids a hundred percent ownership in terms of on paper of that song. So I don't think I, I I don't know. I'll put it out there that it might earn, bring some money in, and then it would be great to to see that they've earned that hundred percent royalties of that song, yeah. and to remove the ownership from yeah. some of the songs myself. Um, I mean, along the journey, I'm going to have stuff I'm going to want to write and sing about and um, I want to get different musicians in to play the guitar or play the drums or just get people involved in ways that I currently don't know but it will be the journey is is finding out how to get them involved. So, yeah, it's a bit of a, a mad concept really but it'll be fun. And the, I think the most scary thing about it is I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what this album currently sounds like. I don't know... Um, I don't know every single person that's gonna be on the album. They might be buskers that I meet in in Spain. They might yeah. be um I don't know, they might be you guys. <laughs> you can come and, and be do <laughs> Well maybe maybe you've got great tapping feet <laughs> we'll record. I, this, Mate, I think my that's claim a scary to fame
0: thing. is that when I used to play the drums, um my bum caught on fire playing you, the drums.
1: How? Yeah. Filming. you've never heard this story no i've never heard this i don't think well some people would have done (laughs) but i feel like most people definitely won't have done
0: i was part of a band and we we had our moment of nearly getting signed and um we our first break was a support artist to be a support artist for a particular um, Sing a song, and uh, it was our first big gig, and we was really excited. And our opening track is "Imagine a Different," uh, an alternative version of "Die Straight for Nothing," "Die straight's Money for Nothing." Yep. thing. So you got that big bass sound, and then the drums kind of kicked in. And when we was doing the rehearsal, the guy at the back who is kind of like a pretty much looking like how you look right now, George, but not with a uh a jumper, but just with hair just all <laughs> over, just big <laughs> colour hair everywhere. And I wonder uh, where you were going with that then. <laughs> <I didn't> <laughs> And he's listening to it and uh, he starts getting really excited and, he's thinking, and he comes up and he says, "Wow, well, we could do something really great with the lighting and smoke for this opening track. He says, what we're going to do is when the bass, the light will go down, uh, when the bass kicks in, I'll get a big spotlight under your drum stall and we'll pump some smoke going and then the spotlight will kick on and you'll be kind of like this silhouette figure through the smoke and then when you start doing the the fill ins, it's well, a what kind of kicks on the lights going. And I'm like this young kid, just like this is
2: just like the Sounds three, epic. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and we're all kinda of excited for it. And uh, and so the rehearsals kick off fine and all that kind of stuff. And then the uh concert kicks off for real. And and, and it's true, it's like the the lights went down, um bass kicked in and it's like butterflies in my stomach because it's like it's so excited. it's, like, it's big a big moment. moment it's like i'm <laughs> like the phil collins you know type thing i can do that <laughs> um in the air tonight type big phil sort of thing and um and the smoke is all around and then the spotlight kicks in and it's just cool i'm just like having a whale of a time and then i start smelling something And and I'm thinking, this is weird. And then the keyboard player to the left of me, it's like his face is just like full panic because this industrial spotlight right under the drum stall got altered a little bit. And so the drum stall is kind of like the wood and then it's all made of foam. And it was the drum stall that was started to smolder and then get on fire. And so I'm like starting to panic. I stand up, still trying to be the kind of like... I committed artists, like, doing all these <laughs> drum films, not wanting to ruin that kind of moment of success. And then uh, all I could see kind of running down the hall was this big Chewbacca-type guy holding a fire extinguisher. <laughs> like... Wait, did, so, did, did you finish this up? Uh, no, it was kind of... Oh, he no. comes over, sprays the thing, and it was just like, yeah...
1: That's a big thing. So moment. that was
0: my moment. That was my moment. And of...
1: Did you have any more moments after that?
0: Uh, we carried on as a band for a little
1: bit. Okay. Uh, I was just really hoping that wasn't yeah. your final moment. Like, <laughs> that's it, career over. <laughs> but, yeah. My car, the seat's getting warm. <laughs> I'm feeling the pressure. <laughs> but do you know what, <laughs> what I... <laughs> Must
0: be the nerves. <laughs> but do you know what I love about that project you're doing, mate? is i mean it's just the madness of it and the craziness of the journey where it's going to take it just like falling into the arms of creativity
1: Mm. Uh, it's really interesting actually in the fact of many people have written albums where they've just collaborated with so many people on the album and what's really strange is it feels like it's miles away from that Mm. like so many people have done a big collaborative album before that's that's nothing new doing it in a bus um like the beatles had their bus and and there are many producers that have done this this kind of thing but there's something that feels different about it yeah. don't know what that is but people people definitely react and connect with the story idea in a way that it's it's going to be so different. And again, I think yeah. it comes back to the journey. I think actually realistically, the, what people are really excited about is the journey of making the album. And then yeah. when they listen to the album, it's listening back to the journey. Yeah, um, It's not just the end result that people are listening to. So, yeah, it's it's just scary because I don't know what it's going to sound like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and also, really, just the appreciation of different people mm. and so the way you're inviting different skill sets different abilities mm. uh, different takes into that it's just beautiful
1: yeah last week I had a um, each each week I'm doing a video update um, of the different stages of planning this whole thing I've got two months where I'm basically planning this project and
0: where can people see those videos
1: it's on YouTube so if you search uh, George Holiday with two L's on youtube you'll find the burst you'll see the whole project and how it's coming on but each week i'm doing these update videos on that channel and one of the things last week was the fact that i had 60 people on this list that got in touch i was expecting like 10 (laughs) (laughs) and two of those was mum and dad (laughs) but um so my biggest first challenge was okay well if it's not going to be possible, because there is a chance that it's not going to be possible to get 60 people on it. If I dedicated two or three days to everybody on that list, you've got five months of the six month tour. And in that I've got to travel, I've got to edit the, yeah. the songs. There's so much more that needs to go into that. So the thing that's scary about that whole thing and trying to find pe- find ways to get people onto it is that I didn't want to just choose the people that were competent on guitar and good drummers because that's not what the project is. So then how do you then sort of like go through these people and try and work out who I'm going to choose as destinations? And actually then I think the next interesting way to do that is to just go with the people that are the most enthusiastic people there um, that really want to be on the album. And then that's then when you just see what happens after that. And whether or not they're a good singer, not great singer, but then I've yeah. you've just got to be creative with it in some kind of way, shape, or form. Removing the capabilities, I think you get you don't you don't end up just choosing people because they're they're good at what they do. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, is like, that the hardest thing? I don't I don't know how relevant that is to the conversation we're having, but it's, it makes you just approach a project in a different way when you approach it with the goals being different than just writing the best album you yeah. can be and focusing more on the journey and making it about the people at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so you just approach things. Like I never would have thought like I'd be in a situation um, where I'm trying to narrow 60 people down to a realistic group of say like 30 people um, and then how do you go about choosing those people? Yeah. I've never thought about it because before my life was just like, Oh, we'll get that guitarist on it. Cause he's just going to be yeah. the best at the job. And I, I can't, I, I don't want to do that. So it's just a different angle at approaching the creative. Angle. I love
0: again. It, man. I love it. I love it. It's one of the many things I just love about you, man. Cause it is the, um, which kind of leads into a, a question that we're asking on every podcast. Um, but I, I remember my so my family first met you in the woods. So it was the last mm. the, the last event of the swirl. And they'd heard all these stories about this crazy guy in the Living in the, Weird land. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but just hanging around you, they my kids articulated it in a particular way and then uh, Natalie, my wife. But it just just the value you see in people, and how you engage with them, and and uh, what you appreciate, and that and that beauty that you draw out—it's it's just immense, man. Thank
1: you, mate. That means a lot. Means and
0: an lot. Um, the question that we're asking every week uh, in a, in varied forms is: uh, What are we not talking about? What are we not seeing? What are we not? Um, uh, listening to and things like that and when we first started just chatting about that today there was something really cool that you were talking about that so do you want to say a bit more about that
1: uh, which one was it because we talked about a few different things and I've had some more things come to my mind oh, wow. so, yeah, which, which, which one were we talking about well, it's about, about, about the appreciation
0: of the journey of how often we can always focus on the negative we can yeah. always focus uh, on yeah. the kind of like Oh, we're not doing this, not doing that. But actually, the what you you kind of twisted it around to actually appreciate the goodness. That
1: yeah, that I happening. think it's something we don't do enough. We really don't. Like we all know that there's these problems going. On. There's these things that are going on and dare I mention the word Brexit looming over us and certain you just politics. had to
0: mention Just Brexit. had to
1: mention it, you know, because it's just... But These are the things that come onto us every single day, whether you turn the news on, whether you have a, a conversation with a friend that you haven't seen for a while, it seems to turn to the same kind of things. Um, and, like, you know, we're, we're messing up the ozone at the minute and all these greenhouse gases. But actually, what we don't talk about is the fact that we're using more green resources than we've ever used before we are making like tesla have made such amazing advancements in cars and in vehicles and in battery power to store this energy so we're not using fossil fuels and actually rather than just being like we're messing this up if we actually talked more about how we're advancing to the next stages to be greener then i think naturally we're all still going to move towards the same product that we all want but you just approach it with like a positive attitude rather than the negative way of approaching it. Yeah. If I turn on, like I don't turn on the news anymore because I, I don't want to hear scientists tell me in many different ways how we're messing the planet up because it's just kind of depressing. But if I turned on the news and people are like, Elon Musk has like created this new thing and it's, it's, it's greener than green <laughs> to use. Like I'm going to I'm going to want to learn more on how, how that is going to be a, a way forward in our future. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think we touch on the positives enough. I think I just think it's a better way to approach it that makes us just feel better about what we do. I think that would actually naturally draw us together as more of like a team, a global team, than just feeling like a bit bit down in the dumps that we're not doing what what we should be doing. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. And before you kind of go into any other thoughts on that question, (laughs) um, you do that on a personal level as well, mate.
1: What well, in the fact like, that I drive a four and a half litre diesel yeah. <laughs> diesel bus that's shadowing over me every single day?
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I was thinking more of the, um, the appreciation of the goodness in one another. Hmm. And um, you just pull that out of people. And the benefit of that is that people start to appreciate what they're doing and their contribution, whether that's their contribution through art or just contribution with the, with how they are with friends or yeah. what they're doing in the job you you have this kind of innate ability i don't know whether it is that whether it is that kind of hairy jumper of yours or <laughs> but it is it, you you're able to you encourage people to kind of just look at what their contribution in a different way in a positive way and they can i think i have my
1: that. parents to thank for that like recently they've been they've been having a tough time of it with their work um just because things aren't easy you know running a business in current climate is really difficult but, but growing up it was very much um always looking at the positives and stuff and and they have a really great way of approaching things mm. so going back to the house they didn't have much money at the time but what they realized that if they bought a place that was derelict and put in loads of time and effort and had right. family time, like building the place to build a family home, the end result was 20 times nicer and more enjoyable and better yeah. and stronger as a family than just buying a house that's already done and actually yeah. working to have the money to just buy a really nice house. They've always approached things in a in from the opposite side yeah so i I definitely have them to thank for that kind of way of thinking and i think when you then draw that back to, to people as like a group so this tour was the first time i had my own team that i had to run um and trying to work trying to understand people's what makes them tick using that to the bigger picture of the group means that everybody's individually happy everyone's playing to their strengths and then the end result of what we're all trying to achieve together is just stronger. Um, and it's something I've learned loads from the tour myself is just seeing people do their thing and just allowing them the space to do that. Mm. And I think that's something that maybe we um, don't do enough is allow people the space. I was watching a documentary with, I was it with you? Um, the Coldplay. Oh, no. It was the Coldplay. Yeah, yeah sorry, we did watch that <laughs> together. <laughs> We've watched many. Um, so, the Coldplay film that came out recently, yeah. there's a producer. What did you think of that? I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I loved the intro. Yeah. 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 yeah, I was just about yeah. the yeah. sense yeah. of yeah. humor was they're saying. It was
3: about he's like, do not get a shot of me walking <laughs> out of the stage. The yeah. first
1: shot is in walking out the stage. Yeah, I trust you. I trust you. you do what you do.
0: Um that shows friendship, though, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely. It does.
1: It does. When you realise that's setting the tone. Yeah. the whole film you know it's yeah. gonna be a good film um but there's a moment in what's the, who's the producer yeah brian Eno Brian Eno, yeah and he he always has this thing where he just lets people get to their end result before anybody else can make a decision on whether that's the right or wrong way to do things
0: that's great
1: it, i amazing I, I i now use that in my productions when we have groups of people on here it's like if someone's got an idea i used to be really impatient with it really impatient yeah. and if i couldn't see something going a certain way i just kind of saw it as a waste of time and actually to let people if they've got a vision let them get to that vision first and then everybody else then can discuss like whether it works or not and that's fine if it doesn't work that's still fine but you you don't know what you're then going to discover that you maybe wouldn't have if you didn't let that person get to where they saw a song going or, or, or whatever or you are as a creative i just thought it was an amazing piece of advice that yeah um and i think there was a lot of that on the swell tour in all of us like we all brought something to the table that contributed to the bigger picture and actually we need to let those moments happen we need to let people do and get to their end result because i think we just we we missed so much amongst that we've just i guess that we didn't when we were saying there's no egos in the room when we were on each mm. location. Um, that allowed space for for everybody to have their say and do their thing. And then I I just think you just get an amazing result every time if you allow that to happen. Yeah. Which beautifully leads on to another value of the friendship thing, which
0: was uh, dependence. Yeah. Where it also encourages you to realize that we need to do it together in different ways. We complement each other. Absolutely. And sometimes it's the the hidden or the unseen that is complemented mm-hmm. as well as the most obvious. Yeah. But before we go on to the phoning bit, was there anything else you wanted to add to that question?
1: <sighs> I mean, we've got another three hours. <laughs> no, I think the, the there's another thing that Just really... don't mention Brexit anymore. <laughs> no, I won't. I'm sorry, sorry. I, I've, I've mentioned I've got it out of the way. Um, a big obvious one for me, staring me in the face, um, is this way of life and alternate ways of living right. um which when we were discussing when you asked me the question of you know there's one question in this podcast that we want to go through all the podcasts i was like straight away thinking uh environment politics all the things that we mm. are, are oppressive on us every single day um and i straight away didn't think of the obvious thing which was staring me in the face which is the fact that I have a very alternative way of living. Um, and it's something that, I guess, my question to you guys and how you guys view this. Mate, you're
0: not the host until next week. Sorry.
1: Just let, me, <laughs> let me just try. <laughs> this is my practice one. Um, I think it's really interesting to explore like whether or not living in alternative ways is something that we should maybe all be looking at and looking into just that little bit more. The way that society is in towns and cities at the minute has been around for so so long and i think we're at a stage now where it's showing its struggles it's there's cracks in the system and cracks in the way that we're we're living that maybe we should be looking at and looking into a bit more so this whole like van life way of living is becoming more popular and it's not just it's not it's not just for like lowering your bills and stuff like that although these are things that i could talk about all day uh, at but actually, the bigger picture is is the community kind of side of it. Mm. When you actually start putting your feet into these van life communities um, and meeting people that live the same, um, you just hear so many different benefits that I never would have discovered if I hadn't have just jumped into this. And I think it would be really interesting... I'd I'd find it really interesting if everybody sort of dipped their toe into just a different way of living. It doesn't have to be living in a van. It could be going out and living in a small community in the middle of nowhere and seeing how those people connect with each other on a daily daily basis. Um, but I think we yeah we're really we're really stuck in the ways of living and to the model. And could it be a massive benefit to break the model everywhere? Isaac was saying earlier. You know, as humans, we are meant to be together we're meant to be in communities um we're not meant to be alone and we are supposed to i believe sort of depend on each other for certain skills and certain assets that build a great group a great community that is thriving and full of different skill sets um and I think when you live in a big town and you're, or you're in London and you've got your head down and you're on, on your way to work, you we're missing all of that. It yeah. n- doesn't feel like there's any of that. So I don't know if you guys have got any thoughts on alternate ways of living or certain things that you've felt or been part of that you felt really beneficial in any way, shape or form. Um, what do you think, Isaac? It's too cold. <laughs> <laughs> Join my world, mate. <laughs> actually, on that point, you, you, we were saying outside actually... There's new problems you discover by yeah. doing these ways yeah. of living. Like, yeah, it is too cold, but your problems are different than if you're in a house. Yeah,
3: but the, but the, you have so many more benefits that you don't have if you're in a house, and different things that would be a small problem at home become bigger problems. And you're living in a bus, but yeah, yeah, I think because I mean, the so the first time I stayed in the bus, well, we did some, we did a little thing in Manchester for a night, but the first proper time was in, when we were in Croatia. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't, you know. But I was just like, this is amazing. Like, um, it's not... Maybe it's because I am not. I don't own it. I don't have to park it. <laughs> um, but it doesn't feel different, that much different to a house. No. You pull the curtains on a night, you get your bed made, you're cosy, you're safe, you're fine. But you have so many like fantastic opportunities simply because you're in a bus. So mm. I totally agree with your point about that. People... Give it a try, like have a go. Some people might just know it's not for them. That's fine. But give it a go. I think you'd be pleasantly
1: surprised. After experiencing being on the bus, what do you think it is that people are afraid of not trying alternative ways of living?
3: Because there's a sense I definitely there's a sense of a security with a house. Mm-hmm. It's a house, a home, bricks, mortar. It's not going anywhere. Um and there are I think you need to have a certain temperament about it to be able to pull off living in a bus mm-hmm. which you have like you're versatile you can just go with it you need to be able to just go with the flow a bit and yeah. kind of see what happens and you that's just to, bus life though as well yeah. like
1: you know there's there's loads of these tiny hut projects yeah. being everywhere or community living where people are buying massive mansions and then yeah. splitting it off into flats or different you know mm. so everyone lives together there are different ways to get those comforts but like yeah in terms of bus life you're completely right on, yeah on certain, that small love, on that yeah
3: you need a certain temperament about you i think but um I don't know. I just think it's because everyone's told you, you you buy an house. It's just what you mm. do. Mm. People don't think about it. You just thought oh, yeah, I'll just do I'll just buy an
1: house then. Yeah, it's just almost like another tick off the big yeah, things you yeah. do in life, isn't it? Some um, it's almost an achievement.
3: It is, and it should yeah, be. It Owning is. your own house or your own place should be an achievement. But it's kind of like people are like chasing after it. Like I have to own a house. Like after yeah. this and and what you've done is gone. Well, I, I've got a house, but it's also so much more than just a, a house like a just a fold yeah you know, you've made it into it's really so interesting affold. when you yeah.
1: said the word home actually mm. earlier uh just a minute ago people feel you know it's it, when you get a house it's a house it's fixed in the ground it's a home it, like it's a home but actually what are the things that uh, is that makes home yeah. what is those what are those things um for for me, there was I've got a handful of I think everybody has a handful of things that is homely, whether or not it's your dressing gown and your big yeah. fluffy socks or whether it's your Netflix subscri- subscription. Um, I think there's a few things that everyone will have. Heat which we don't have today, which makes it <laughs> feel less homely in here tonight than if we had heating. Um, but there's heat, there's electricity, um, there's a few water, running water. Well, do not have to be running, but just water. Um, there's, there's a handful of things, but then there's also then another handful of things that make it your individual home. Your things, Andy, will be different to my yeah. handful of things, and likewise with you boys. Um, but once you've worked out what those things are, then you can you can make anywhere a home um and i think it's almost i think it's important to explore those things Mm -hmm. first um marley for example my girlfriend she she loves visiting the bus but then she loves going back to her home because there's obviously some things that aren't on this bus that makes it home for Mm -hmm. her um whether that's friendship groups so for example like i have a great network of friendship groups that we all talk online um daily I'm not around them all the time as much. And for some people, that's one of their things that's that's home for them is being near and close to their friends all the time. I really enjoy meeting people and talking to, to new faces every day. Um, so for me, that's just something that I'm just grateful that I ha- have in me that's made this life a lot easier, that would make it harder for other people. But yeah, alter- alternative living is is something that I think would be a really interesting social experiment. Well, it is for many an interesting social experiment as to a potential way to move forward and maybe discovering solutions to problems we have now Yeah. and maybe finding a way around those, those problems. So we've just watched
0: uh, the first edit of the intro to the film that you're working oh, on. Oh yeah. And <clears throat> I think you captured it great on the uh, voiceover where you tapped into the idea of curiosity and the idea of what if, what mm. if in different ways. And I think that's the, I think that's how I think about alternative yeah. living. It's, it's that.
2: The maybes.
0: But, sp- yeah, sparking that curiosity is like what we've got around ourselves that we consider real. Is it yeah. really real, yeah. you know? Um. So anything that continually gets us to ask questions and uh, go down that rabbit hole
1: as such, <laughs> yeah. you know, defy logic what we
0: think is logic is um, great.
1: It's just not as scary as we think it is. Yeah, that's the that's the reality of it. Like, I think naturally we're all afraid of change, yeah. but it's not. It's really not as scary when you actually do it. The best things are the other side of fear, as Will Smith once said. And I really, really think we're just at that stage now where we just all need to make that little jump to just like expose ourselves to some potential. The maybes and the what ifs like and there are there is there is a lot to be learn in those. So I think. Josh, it's time for us to get jiggy with it. Is it voicemail time?
0: That <laughs> <laughs> was a great woman. Well, Did you like that? That was <laughs> a good segue. <laughs> that was a good... Um, all the segues you could
4: have done. <laughs> Hi, there. Uh, My name's Ben. I am 15 years old. And currently doing my GCSEs. I just wanted to tell you that your videos helped me really much. So much, so so much. Uh with your yeah, stress levels and everything. Um, it's just kind of an escape that we get uh, um, life in general. I'm not going to do it But, but yes, yeah, um, just keep up the great work. And thank you, because your videos are much appreciated by so many people, including myself. And you are an inspiration. Thank you.
0: Cool. So this could easily turn into a Dave Appreciation Society <laughs> conversation <Yeah. laughs> going on here. <laughs> but what what do you think uh, what do you think those videos are doing that's causing such inspiration for for in this case like a 15 year old kid doing GCSEs caught up in that system the pressure of of all th- that world at this moment in time, and then you've got this kind of Mad Damon look-alike uh, <laughs> character in the woods. <laughs> you have got it in there. You got it. In. <laughs> what do you think is um, some of the spirit behind those videos?
1: I think it's probably the th- the reason why we all initially connected with Dave in some way, shape, or form, which is that he's got the confidence to just approach a project with no idea on what the outcome is going to be but he's got the confidence to jump into it in the first place and i think what that then brings other people is the confidence to um tackle their own everyday things that come up um that are either troubling people or people don't feel confident in themselves or in in doing something a little bit different um, even if they really strongly believe in a certain way of life or a certain way of approaching a project creatively or or just from a personal level and i think just the fact that he takes such big dives into an unknown <laughs> trickles down to any level of confidence below that just simply being a viewer of his videos perfect
0: <laughs> and any more conversations about it would make it into a day fan club <laughs> <wasn't it? laughs> let's do one more
4: hey Dave, my name's Dick I'm from a small town in Suffolk called the I just want to know how you inspire people so much um, so when I was am 22 now and um, when I was 3 I was unconscious for 10 days I've got a blood clot in the right of my brain, it's my left hand and so I kind of off the floor in you know, do all the gist in November so you looks for the out. Um, yeah, I want to inspire people, I want to speak sign language especially for me, because I think particularly me. Like right full time, I'm fit and healthy, like doing campaign for next year. I just want to know how can I inspire more and jump into my story. Should I start blogging? Should I what's like I do? some advice, please. Hope you have a great uh, rest of the week. Um thank you, right? It's hopefully you're back from
1: Really sorry to the caller that Dave's not here (laughs) to say exactly how he does it. However.
0: Yeah. I mean, moving away from the Dave appreciation moment, do you just think of that? what that caller was giving her background story of uh, the blood clot, of the struggle around that, and then wanting to know finding inspiration in 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 those videos but also wanting to know how to tell a story
1: mm, and then but inspire and
2: to inspire other others. people do you think about inspiration
1: do i think about inspiration
2: as you go about what you do your life you write music do, do you ever wonder how am i inspiring rather than how will this be received for people like this but how am i leading how am i demonstrating something
1: i personally never ever think about it to be honest the way i approach doing my own thing is to be as free as possible with it and just it comes back to the previous caller of like just having the confidence in some in even the smallest of ways to believe that what i'm doing is the way that i would like to do things and i think in turn then that you inspire just off i don't think anybody actually actively does anything to try and inspire people unless you are like a motivational speaker or anything like that i think most people do just do their thing and there will be other people that can relate to it or or either want to do that themselves um so i think it comes more down to finding the confidence in some way shape or form to do what you really truly want to do like deep in your soul like what really makes you tick every day and if you achieve that for yourself, then you will naturally just inspire people. Like I feel inspired just literally listening to that voice note, the fact that she wants to inspire people. Um, so that's that's all I can really throw in that pot really, is just wh- whatever this woman wants to do is to just do it in the best way that she can possibly do it. And no matter what level that is, she will naturally inspire people. She's she's already made the first move by calling in. Um, so she's clearly got some kind of confidence there to, and, and some desire mm. to want to do something. So my only advice is just to do it. And if you do it, you'll inspire.
0: And it's amazing uh, what people will find inspiration from as well. Yeah. So some of the things that we think is the big thing that we're doing um, could be the least inspirational sort of stuff that we do it could be the, the simple thing of just how we have chosen to live in a particular way or our tone of voice or how we've been around somebody and so to appreciate the the magic and the wonder and mystery that just the way you are living your life there's going to be a ripple of a positive ripple effect of that that's uh which is the challenge because sometimes we don't know how inspirational we are to people around ourselves because mm. we we may think that we ha- we're we not leading the, the most exciting life and we're, we're not on uh, doing the, those kind of crazy videos. Uh, but actually, we are changing the world mm. just by the way we are by being true to ourselves in the small and the big ways.
1: Like potatoes.
0: Like potatoes in a Mad Dame in action film. <laughs> 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 I think on a roll. Should we do one more? <coughs> Go on.
2: Hey, this is Josh, the producer here. I'm just interrupting the recording. This next voicemail, unfortunately, the quality was very, very poor, uh, and it's quite lengthy. And so we struggled to understand what was being said in the recording, and also now in post, I can't work it out. So I've cut it out so you don't have to listen to it. But what we should know is that this was a lady who was calling in, explaining about her personal situation. And there was some uh, conversation about her husband being unwell, her struggling to sort of fulfill her ambitions creatively because she felt a pressure to provide financially. Uh, We'll pick up and you'll hear us discuss the answer and from what we thought we understood. Uh, If you were the caller, I'm very sorry we weren't able to uh, get you on the show. I think that's a question about money and the pressure yeah right right
0: and i also i think i picked up about illness as well
2: mm. maybe yeah near the beginning of that
0: yeah it's it's a difficult one isn't it it's it's again about redefining the values and what we typically as, assume of, this is how we
2: get the stuff out and so um you're a, you're a creative, Andy, and you have a family. You have to provide more than the rest of us do. We kind of only cover for ourselves. Do you feel there's a pressure when you when you write when you go to the coffee shop? Do you feel like there's a an underlying theme of, of money that maybe skews your creativity?
0: Um,
2: yes, <laughs>
0: it's the short answer that. It's hard, man. It really is. Because think about the project that I've just done. You're dipping into funds that you're saving for your kids. And so there's that angle of, are you just being selfish about this? Um, And I think it's partly why I try to involve the kids as much as possible. My youngest is too young, really, to know anything. But my daughter has she was there when I was writing and she suggested things to go into the book she was there when I pulled a group of people around a dining room table and said hey is there a different way we can do this book and so she got that kind of vibe of seeing some friends come and have a bit of fun of dreaming in a different way and she was there in the crazy moment when a big lorry drove down our street, dropping off a ton of books that um, we just hoped is somehow that the, the, the production process worked well, well enough for it to sell. And she was there when did the first signing and a group of people came around and we raised a glass to celebrate that moment. And so and the reason why that was probably the most important part of that journey for me was that I hope it's a tale that she holds as she grows up, that um, that she appreciates that sometimes creativity is not all glamour and is not all kind of lovey-dovey sort of stuff. It's sometimes it requires you to take a leap into the unknown. Sometimes it does require cost and sacrifice. <coughs> and sometimes it just means, just like how George is doing with the this kind of crazy album thing is, is leaping into the unknown where you have no idea what's going to happen. And it is a gamble. Um, but you just believe it. There's, there's a, there's a bit of magic that's illogical, but it's powerful. And, um, I think that, and so there's that element with it and you do have to make it work. It's like the, you do have to, do part-time jobs to bring in the cash in different ways and there is a bit of sensibility to it as well but i think it's regardless of whether you've got family or whether you're single stuff there are different elements of sacrifice whether it's money whether it's time whether it's your career choice whether it's how you approach approach your resources in different ways it is however you interpret it it is about embracing the magic of that creativity that mystery and seeing where it goes and then just trusting that some of that interpretation might be different to how you think it should be so your limitations with something you might not get that product out in the way you think it should get should go out but but it's going back to the how we've 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 dipped into this story before today in the podcast. Is there's something about the authentic authenticity of a story of how you've produced something, and the trials and tribulations, the success, the failures, and we're so conditioned to just present something that is the perfect thing, that Instagram kind of post. Um, and I don't think creativity is like that, you know. As we've chatted earlier, it is that it is that raw journey, that vulnerable journey. And I think you're just authentic to that. You hold on to that tale. then s- that that art will come through, and people will be inspired to follow that journey in different ways. Anything to add, man?
1: Not really. Not as not as, <laughs> as inspiring as that. There's the very like sort of day-to-day, real le- level of like, sort of realizing what your luxuries are so to speak and and whether you can save money in certain areas to then put that into your creative projects in some way shape or form like some small sacrifices will ultimately turn around to be uh profits in the long term if you if you commit more of that time and energy to, to your it's a scary thing isn't it committing your time and energy and your finances to your project But ultimately, I've always gone by this thing of like what I do in my 20s will pay back in my 30s. Like if I commit this 10 years to to doing something like this, there will be a day where I need to get a job or whatever if if something didn't work out. But Mm. the alternative to that, which is much more exciting, it's the what ifs and the maybes of if you commit that time and energy and finances to it, you could be like not worrying about money then in the future yeah. for your future project if, yeah. if it all goes well. But the only way you're going to know is if you fully, fully commit yeah. every ounce of you. And if that means living off tins of beans for five years, then so <laughs> be it. It depends how much you believe, like how how in you want to go on those yeah. sacrifices and and what you class as a sacrifice in your life r- right now to put that into your project.
0: And on the illness, so if, if we did hear that right, I think there's not to underestimate the 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 story that she's gone through with that as well so i think there's something whatever situations we go through i think it does alter the way we hold a pen the way we craft our words the way we are with one another the way we create a song um and so even in our brokenness even in our kind of questions and struggles there is a there is something very precious in that as well that uh, might be really difficult for us but others who hear that that vulnerable broken tone or that broken way we we frame that paragraph on the page our heart resonates with that and in in that person's brokenness they relate and were able to find inspiration in that so I think there's not to
2: underestimate the story that they hold for sure and and you know your the like time so so for me that just this morning I was planning my calendar so what my weeks look like um, for how I split my time and only two of the seven days of the week are things that actually bring me money Mhm. And they're probably the things that are my least creative and least fun things to do, right? Even though I'm fortunate that they're still things I quite like, uh, you know. The, but the my pursuit of the other things I'm interested in you know, that doesn't currently bring me money, uh, you know, is provided for by that. And i i and i still have to have that balance. Yeah, you can't. I can't fully give up everything that earns me some money.
1: It's about. It is all about balance, isn't it? Hmm. And I think there are some creative things that will never bring money in just because that's just the area. And
2: that doesn't mean you should do them because uh, money isn't success. Exactly.
1: We yeah. So, so and, and, and you can get a whole, whole load of more benefits, like you say, by feeding and tapping into these other areas that don't bring you money, but they make you feel a certain strength in you to go and do those two days a week. And I think that's something you should just never underestimate. Like sometimes you just got to do what you got to do to feed to feed the fuel of your mm. fire yeah
0: wonderful that's a great way to end
1: Well, I mean, so, there's no more Dave Appreciation Society there's no
0: more Dave Appreciation oh. Society and we even got a theme tune for it as well
1: I don't know if we have we it. got it
0: Dave Dave <laughs> oh Dave 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 where are you Dave please come back to me Dave are you looking like Matt Damon or Jamie Oliver? <laughs> <laughs> that is going to be the,
2: <laughs> 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 that is the best jingle for this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on Around the Open Fire. Andy, where can people get in contact with us?
0: Yes, you can call us on 020819... Man, I need reading glasses. One nine one eight seven two eight.
2: Is that right? Or check the description of the podcast
0: <laughs> below.
1: <laughs> so, thank you, George. No, thank you, Andy, so much for having me. It's been really thanks,
0: fun. Thanks, Isaac. Thank you, mate. Thank you me. And thanks, Josh. And we're getting you closer to Hawaii. One step closer.
2: Yes. <laughs>